Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast here on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I'm James Ham, and joining me, this is a rarity. Uh, this is only the second assistant coach we've had during the Dave Yeager era, uh, but I'm super excited because um, this is one of those guys that a lot of people just haven't had a lot of exposure to, but he's a great basketball mind and great basketball stories, Mr. Dwayne Tickner. What's going on, Tick? Hey, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be on, James. Um, so... This is year three, and I guess the biggest question I think most fans have uh, and most people have is how exactly did you go from what we saw last year and what we saw the year before, uh, slowest, um, you know, sort of slowest paced team in the league, uh, not a grit and grind, but, you know, you had Zebo as one of your featured players, uh, to what we're seeing now, because what we're seeing now is absolutely incredible. Well, I think year one, obviously, with, with Demarcus here, you know, we the the style of play was pretty much chosen for us. Yeah. And then in the uh, second half of that year, our pace picked up quite a bit. And then with the with the signing of Zach, Vince Carter, we became a little bit older. But not just the pace, but we were trying to teach the guys how to play. And sometimes teaching people how to play and going too fast, you just creates chaos and and. You know, you're not teaching the guys the right way to play. So even though we were slower last year, we were very solid on what we were trying to teach. And then over the course of the summer, we knew where we wanted to be this year. It was a kind of a long-term goal. So over the course of the summer, spring and summer, we spent a lot of time working with the guys on, okay, we've, we've put this base in, now let's take it to the next level with the speed and uh, taking advantage of our youth and our athleticism. Are you surprised how fast they've been able to sort of figure out the pace game and to, I, I don't know, I mean, what we're seeing is is really remarkable. I mean, the speed that they're playing at, the way that they're taking the ball out, uh, not even just off of rebounds, but taking the ball out of bounds and, you know, shooting the ball four seconds in. Um, is it surprising to you how quickly that this group is, is sort of globbed onto it and, and embraced the speed game? Well, when the head of the snake is De'Aaron Fox, I think, you know, we expected it to be a lot faster. To say we expected it to be this uh, this fast, this quick, is probably a little bit of an overstatement. But when you ta- look at the backcourt with Buddy, who plays, he runs more miles per game than any player in the NBA, like 4.7 miles a game. And I think De'Aaron is third. You know, and, and the, I think the only guy play, played more right now with speed is, is Westbrook per, per game. So, you know, we've got two of the top three guys in miles per game, and they're, they're going, to, going fast, getting up and down the floor. And, uh, you know, we're not physical and mature enough yet to really grind in the half court. You know, we, those veteran teams with the mature bodies, if we play half court, they're just going to physically manhandle us a little bit. So we're able to get quality shots quicker. And it also, that today's game with the three-point shots, you know, uh, it's done two things. It's given us more three-pointers per game. And we're also shooting almost 10 free throws a game more because we're being aggressive. Yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed. Uh, 
guys like De'Aaron Fox, even Buddy Heald, who last year averaged one free throw a game. Uh, his He's up over two and a half, I think, right now. Um, it's that they are being the aggressor. They are the team that uh, is dictating the flow of the game. I think that might be the biggest surprise. It's that you're there are certain games that you guys are, you know, you're struggling. Uh, but for the most part, what we've seen is your brand of basketball being kind of pushed on an opponent, which is something that hasn't happened here in a while. Usually with a young team, uh, the opponent is the one that's dictating what shots you're taking, uh, where you're you're taking them from. Um, so I, I guess how impressed are you that they've been able to like develop this identity? Well, I think it's great. We, you know, after the game in Miami, when Dwayne Wade says it's conditioning drill, and and Spo comes out and says we fi- they physically wore us out in the middle of the third quarter, you know that that part's fun. Then we go into Orlando, and Steve Clifford said they are the fastest team I've ever seen pushing the ball after a made basket. He's and he's been in the NBA back in the Pat Riley days in New York, so he's been yeah. around a while. So I mean, I think that's a credit to our guys embracing what we're trying to do. And, you know, Dave has done a great job of putting the system in. Players have embraced it. And, you know, playing a stretch four with Belly has made a world of difference because it gives De'Aaron so much more room to attack the basket. You know, you've got a bunch of young players. How difficult is it to balance that, the, um, the teaching with playing the style that really does fit the age and the athleticism, athleticism of the team, but then also at the same time making sure that you're doing it the right way? Well, we, we, it's interesting. We've moved our coaches' meetings back earlier in the morning, and we're out of our meetings and on the court at least an hour before every practice. So we get a lot of t- hands-on times before practice. And everybody thinks, okay, you practice an hour and a half, two hours a day, but really there's a lot of player development time done before and after practice. And you've been in there you know, after practices and see what the guys are doing. And uh, I think that's a lot of it. And also uh, doing the individual film work. You know, every every coach has assigned a few, couple, two or three players, and you have time to sit down and really dig in deep with what we're trying to do with each guy. You know, it's not like just Coach Yeggs has to take all 15 guys and show them film. You know, everybody's got their own people, and we can get uh, really detailed with things. And I think that's been a been a big help for us as well. You know, last year we, you and I talked about De'Aaron Fox. I think there was a game he had seven turnovers. And you said you went to sit down with the iPad to show him some things, and he already knew all seven turnovers and what exactly he did. Um, for you, what is working with him, sort of his mind, uh, which is uh, from everything I've heard from you and from others, it's at a different level. His understanding of the game of basketball is at a different level. Now, maybe five years from now, we'll, we'll see how that you know, develops into you know, a, a true, truly great basketball mind. But what is it that you're seeing right now from him? I think last year he still had – he's always had the basketball intelligence, IQ. I think last year, being his rookie year, he wasn't as forceful. You know, he had Garrett, Vince, Zebo around. I think he came into this offseason with a mindset that this is going to become my team. He worked hard in the offseason. Uh, he wasn't really in sack a whole lot, but he worked hard in Houston, spent some time in L.A., uh, worked on improving his shot, and more importantly, his body and his mind. You know, gaining 15 pounds in the offseason, he's able to, you know, get in and take the contact and still finish or at least get to the line, not just glance off of people. He's able to fight over screens a little bit better and stay in front of people. His speed, uh, you know, is not going to change even though he's put some weight on. So I think it's all a mindset with him that this is going to become my team. 
I'm embracing the way we're going to play. This fits my style. And uh, he's became more vocal, still not to where we want him to be, but he's a 20-year-old kid. You know, but, but the growth he's had in you know the 16 months that we've had him as a king has been phenomenal, and we just hope, hope he keeps taking those steps forward. You know, and uh, the the triple double that he that he had down in Atlanta, I think his teammates were happier than he was because it just uh, it, it proved that his leadership has come full circle. Last year he wasn't as close with his teammates, kind of a little bit. Uh, withholding where this year he's open and, and hanging out and staying before coming before practice staying after and and those are keys if you want to become a leader your teammates got to trust you and believe in you and I think he's taking a huge step in that direction um the one thing about the triple double that I noticed is he went back in the game and I know Buddy Hield I uh, was standing there when De'Aaron went high up for the rebound and jumped over the top of him and grabbed the rebound and Buddy had a big smile on his face um but for me it was a light bulb went on in that game that he's more athletic than almost anyone on the floor. And when I saw him go up for that rebound, it was the first time he did it twice that I had seen him go up like that to go rip a ball out of the air. The next game, it carried over. I saw it again. He had six rebounds. Uh, it wasn't nearly as good a game, um, but he went in and he skied up for rebounds. And it almost feels like he's just learning what he's capable of and maybe he he doesn't even really know fully what he's capable of as of right now well i think he every game he grows you know and every every little bit of success builds his confidence and his teammates are telling him to be aggressive the coaching staff is telling him to be aggressive and he's got the mindset now where he's just going to going to be it's going to be his team i'm going to be the aggressor I mean, he stuck his nose in there with John Wall, you know, Westbrook. He he didn't back down from anybody. Uh, the Atlanta game, you know, all the hype with Trey Young, and uh, you know, De'Aaron was ready for that one. I think Trey had five turnovers the first quarter. De'Aaron was all over him and created havoc. And and uh, you know, I I just think that he knows to become an elite player, he has to bring it every night, and that that's really tough for a young guy. You know, Buddy Hield is a guy that we've looked at here in Sacramento as just a shooter initially when he first got here. Uh, he didn't play defense at all. I remember watching uh, the blowbys, just watching people run right by him. Um, you know, he's he came out of college as a pretty decent rebound uh, rebounder, but he hadn't really shown it at the pro game. Uh, passing skills wise, he was very limited in what he could do, especially in the pick and roll. Here we are in year three. And he looks like a completely different player. He's physically worked on his body. Mentally, he seems to have taken a huge step. What have you seen from him, sort of the development from being just a, a pure scorer as he came into the league to where he is now? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with Jason March and Elston Turner. They've done a lot of work with him. Um, last year it was Jason, and, and he really worked with him during the season and during the offseason on what his weaknesses were and where he needed to improve. And in the past, Buddy, his idea of a workout was going and getting a thousand shots up, where you know Jason had him working on ball handling and and doing those types of things. He's still getting his shots in, but getting his shots, not just spot up shots. Let's work on your shot out of our offense, and uh, you know putting him in uncomfortable situations of you know with two basketballs in his hands and passing with one and shooting with the other, and you know just. Uh, making him grow as a basketball player. And, again, his body. You, you mentioned his body. He's worked hard to to uh, make himself capable. He, I've never been around a player in as good a physical condition. He could run all day, you know, and, and uh, 
to be able to make shots that he takes in the fourth quarter sometimes when he's played 38 minutes, it's, it's incredible. But I don't think the dude ever gets tired. Um, you know, the one thing I love about your coaching staff is, and you and I have talked about this, I've talked about this with Dave, uh, when I had Brian Gates on the podcast, you guys all come from the minor league game. You guys worked your way through. You you did small college stuff. You did whatever it was to get to keep in the game and, and to develop. And you guys really are a family. That's what I love about this coaching staff in particular. You guys have all coached with each other, for each other, against each other at all kinds of different levels. Where is that relationship with you guys it's incredible. You know, uh, I'm fortunate to be with these guys. You know, Dave, Dave was my assistant coach in 1999-2000, you know, in Bismarck, North Dakota, and here we are, you know, in <laughs> Sacramento. And, and uh, I remember I'm from a small town in South Dakota, and he's from a small town in Minnesota. And I remember our first year in Memphis when Dave was head coach, and we're standing in uh, OKC before the first playoff game, and you can't hear yourself thinking there. And we break the huddle, and Dave turns to me and goes, isn't this awesome? And I turned to him and I said, Staples, Minnesota, Vermilion, South Dakota, what are we doing here? You know, and we just laughed. But, I mean, it's incredible. Brian used to be an assistant of mine in the uh, mid-'90s. And, you know, I've known Bob Thornton for 30 years. Elson's got 36 years in the NBA, 37 years in the NBA. Uh, I drafted Phil Ritchie in the old CBA. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just incredible. Coached against Larry, you know, so it's, it's been fun. Um, and I can't even say we reconnected because once you build those relationships, they don't go away. You know, we've always had them, but to be able to work together makes it re really special. You know, uh, I know Brian Gates told me that one time he traded a player to Jaeger for a steak dinner, that his team was running out of money, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, during, uh, during at, or after a game, they actually traded a player straight up for a steak dinner. Um, and there's these stories about the minor leagues. You've told me a story about uh, traveling to Canada. Would you Would you be willing <laughs> to tell tell that story? Well, sure. Why not? <laughs> Coach Gates was my assistant at that time too. Oh, awesome. And uh, we're, we were heading up to play in Winnipeg from Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, of course, you pull up at the the border, and uh, you know they, they, the customs agents come on and check everybody's ID they walk up and down the deal and and uh, so we get a couple miles from the border and I pull the bus over and we have a couple guys that let's say have a little bit of shady character to them so we <laughs> open the luggage rack and shove them underneath the bus and uh, put the luggage back in and get to the border and the agents come on and we cruise on through the border get up a few miles into Canada stop the bus get them out that wasn't so bad we'll we played an absolutely horrible game. We were, I think, at the time we were eleven and zero, and we lost a game to Daryl Dawkins in, in in Winnipeg. We're coming back. We get to the border. It's thirty-two below zero. I do remember that. So the same thing. We put the two dudes under underneath, <laughs> and we take off, get through the border, and we're drive about four or five miles. And Coach Gates goes, Coach, you need to uh, pull over and let those guys out. Of course, I wouldn't answer him. I said, Keep going, keep going. And uh, pretty soon he got up and walked to the front and made the bus driver stop and get him out. And those poor dudes, they had frost <laughs> frost on the nose. They were freezing. But, uh, yeah, in minor leagues you have a lot of stories. One time we went into Canada and the bus driver couldn't get in at 2.30 in the morning and we played the next afternoon. 
So we convinced the owner of the bus company in Sioux City, Iowa, to let our equipment manager drive the bus. We had to leave our bus driver at the border. And you could go out. We all have stories, uh, minor league stories. Uh, I traded Oliver Miller uh, to to, to uh, Yeggs for two steak dinner, so my assistant could get a Dale Osborne, who's with Portland now, yeah. uh, was my assistant. So we got two steak dinners for Oliver. Nice. He played here in Sacramento for just a little while. Uh, very talented young man. Ta- uh, super talented. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I love, uh, that you guys have, you guys are a family and I enjoy being around you guys because you are, uh, you know, I've sit on the bench with you or, or Bob and pregame and have good conversations. Um, and you guys always, uh, just the wild stories of, of working your way into the league and and sort of being in the league. So, uh, I, I appreciate you coming in. Um, we got to do this again. Lastly, how excited are you about, sort of the way that this season is going so far. I know it's early, and I know uh, that you guys have a really, really tough schedule in November, but this has been a lot of fun, right? Yeah, and, and you know, the wins and losses are great. The wins are great. The losses you take and, and try to learn from. Our biggest focus this season, let's just get better. You know, we've kind of, I don't want to say, we haven't eliminated our scouting reports, but we've really scaled them down. And less, we said, let's focus on us. And I think that's been a big thing, you know, making ourselves better. We know what the other team's doing. You know, we know their main sets and the personnel and all that, but we don't go quite into as much detail. The detail is taken towards our guys. What can we do to get them better? And, you know, the wins will take care of themselves. It may be this year. It may be in the future. But all I know is we want to make sure we play hard and get better every single night. And I honestly can't, cannot think of a game where I, I didn't I walked off the court and didn't feel that we really played hard. And that hasn't always been the case, uh, you know, a lot of places. So I'm very happy with that. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep it going here and, and keep racking up a win now and then. There we go. All right, that is Dwayne Tickner, uh, assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings. Thanks so much for stopping by. Well, it was great being here. And, uh, you know, let's uh, go out and get a few more wins here in November. It's going to be tough, but it's going to be fun. That's right. You are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. The new Wendy's Sauce and Bacon Classic is a twist on a favorite. The Sauce and Bacon Classic features a smoky, tangy sauce and three strips of applewood smoked bacon for a limited time at participating locations. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, Sitting here courtside with Doug Christie, we're watching... Don't uh, do it. Don't this, do it. Is this rec league basketball? I'm not sure what we're watching. This is uh, Weekend Warriors, baby, right here it's, at its finest. It's Weekend Warriors. Plus here's, LeBron James. There's a guy wearing full LeBron James uniform from head to toe. Uh, I see a home two, uniform. Two knee braces. Uh, Kobe shoes. Kobe shoes. He's wearing purple, purple socks. Purple. Uh, those would be uh, official NBA uh, merch socks. Yeah. And, uh, Doug, has he got back on defense one time? Uh, no, he didn't, and I, I said when I walked in, are you guys really joking me right now? We only got one, one guy out here. That's Moose right there, the big fella in the middle. He's got on king shorts. Everyone else, come on. Don't uh, even let that guy oh, in the building. LeBron James tried to make a move to the hoop, uh, slapped off his hand, off his knee, and out <laughs> of bounds, back to the other end. Uh, all right, so I had Dwayne Tickner. On the first half of the podcast, Doug. Okay, Tick. Uh, Tick is awesome. He's. Uh, we haven't had a lot of assistant coaches. I saw that. Guy just drilled a three. Um, it was not LeBron James. Um, 
But uh, we haven't had a lot of assistant coaches on. It's always good to catch an assistant. Uh, they've got a ton to offer, great basketball stories. Um, so we'll try to do that more often. Doug, the Kings are 6-5. and five. Yep. Uh, They take on the Minnesota Timberwolves later on Friday evening. Uh, Bogdanovich is going to sit. I don't like the term load management. Uh, what does that mean? Um, I think it means that uh, they're going to manage his his workout load early on, but it just sounds kind of strange. Um, but have you ever gone out with an injury and then had to be brought back slow and tried to have to sort of get your flow of the game, play play yourself back into, into basketball shape? Yeah, m- multiple times. Actually, the, the same injury that Bogdan had when, when it comes to cartilage and stuff, I had it in college and had to figure out how to stop again, how to trust my knee again, and those type of things. We didn't do load management stuff. You just got your butt out there. And and that's not saying that it's right uh, because they probably should have had some load management on me. But um, it's difficult because what you're trying to do is you're trying to find your rhythm. You're trying to go full bore knowing full well that there's only a certain amount that you're going to be able to do. You said the other night probably 18 to 22 minutes, and he was right on about 18 or 19 minutes. I think really, in my opinion, probably what a lot of this is, is there's a back-to-back. Yeah, and the Lakers are the next game. And, uh, you know, you, you want Bogdan, you want him in both games. But right now, I don't think he's quite ready to maybe do back-to-backs quite yet. When you look at him and his game and his style of play, where does he fit? Because for me, it seems like there's a whole lot of minutes there at the three that he can just come in and wrangle away. And next thing you know, it's it's a three guard set running up and down the court, and uh, and the Kings, you know, might have a, a better shooter, passer, rebounder, defender than what they've had previously at that position. Yeah, I would agree with you at the three position. You know, Troy Williams came in the other night and took some minutes. You got Justin Jackson. Uh, you're moving around. We we haven't seen, or we probably won't see Marvin Bagley who. You know, in, in today's game, you probably maybe could throw there a little bit, but definitely Bogdan in, in today's game with the way that it goes, uh, you, you play. Actually, Bogey came in for Buddy the other night, and I know that we've talked about many times that they play really well together, yep. and that's something that Coach Eggers is just going to have to find the rhythm of the rotation, obviously. But uh, Bogdan brings so many things, different things to the game. You can play him at the one, two, or three. If he is playing at the three, he, he adds the ability to handle the basketball, get De'Aaron off the basketball, but also play, make, pick, and rolls. I think uh, De'Aaron, I mean, um, Willie Cauley-Stein, Marvin Bagley, they'll all be better for Bogdan being out on the floor. I think so, too. I can't wait to see the two-man game with Willie Cauley-Stein and Bogdan. I can't wait to see the two-man game with Marvin Bagley and Bogdanovich. Uh, I, I really think he just adds another element to this team, especially in the half court. I did see there he's not used to this style of play 100%. Um, there was a moment where he was pushing the ball up the court, did not look up the court himself to see his countryman uh, Bielitsa standing in the corner for a wide open three. Mm-hmm. That's something that he's going to have to like figure out. But for for a first game, I was pretty impressed overall. Yeah, I, I was. It was solid. You know, the the one that impressed me the most. First of all, the the one where he got the contact and, and made his first bucket. But he had Kawhi Leonard in the corner, and Kawhi really crafty defender, strong hands. Bogdan kind of gives him a pivot move, brings the ball up, and 
and stays really strong with it, reaches up and knocks down a three. I, I, it's going to take him a little while to get in the flow. I will say it, this, this style, though, might serve him a little better to find his game faster because there are so many possessions. It's moving so quickly. Sometimes not even getting a bucket, but getting assist, like you say, looking up and finding Bielitz in the corner, banging, knocks down a three. It gives you confidence. It finds your rhythm. So uh, not worried about Bogdan uh, whatsoever. All right, so you mentioned a player there that, to me, is jumping off the page every time he steps on the floor. That's Troy Williams. Uh, I couldn't be more impressed with what he's brought so far. Basically, this team has an issue that we've talked about in the past, that they came into the season without a natural starting uh, NBA-level starting small forward at this point. You mm -hmm. know, Iman Shumpert uh, is doing a yeoman's job out there, but at 6'5", you know, he's not really that – He He's more of a shooting guard. Right. Um, and Justin Jackson, uh, while he might develop into that, he isn't there yet. Troy Williams yeah. has just brought it. Yeah. I mean, on both ends of the court, he's long. He's a super dunker. He's shooting like 67% from both the field and three-point line. Um, how impressed are you with, with his the addition? Uh, and what do the Kings do? He's a two-way player. He's only got 45 days. He can be up with the, t the team. That's going to go away really quickly, and they're going to have to make a decision here. Yeah, and it, listen, Troy has been fantastic from a couple different areas. First of all, he's not scared to pull the trigger. He comes in. If he's open, he shoots the basketball. He plays with reckless abandon. You see him diving on the floor, attacking the basket. He has athleticism and strength. Uh, not, not necessarily a ball handler, but at that position, you don't need it when you got Bogdan and you got De'Aaron and what have you. I, I've loved everything about him. If he does put the type of pressure on the Kings to sign him for the whole year, what that's saying is you're not getting the production at the three position from a Justin Jackson and different people. So this is the way that we got to go. And if he gives you the best option at that particular time, because Kings want to win basketball games, they're finding themselves in basketball games. And he's come in and he's been highly productive. And a lot of times that's how it happened. I can't think of the kid's name now for the um, Golden State Warriors, but he forced his uh, McKinney? McKinney. He forced yeah. his way onto the roster. And those are the type of players that you just love. You love their story. You love their spunk and energy, effort, and enthusiasm. And Troy brings it every single time he steps on the floor. Yeah, I really like him. Uh, we've had conversations with him in the locker room lately. And it's like, look, I, I've bounced around. I, I'm trying to find a, uh, a spot in the league. And there's a lot of players that are like this. It went undrafted. Uh, I think his line was... Uh, you got to get in where you fit in. Yeah, no doubt. That's I think it's perfect, right? You yeah. got every. I mean, you didn't just walk into the league and have instant success. You yeah. moved around from a couple of places. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is just about finding that opportunity. And I even wrote about it. Malachi Richardson. We watched him come through with Toronto. Yeah. He's a guy that had one little. I think it's seven-game stretch where he had an opportunity, and he started to perform, and it looked like he was going to be a long-term fixture here in Sacramento. Yeah. And then he pulled his hamstring, tore his hamstring, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, you might not only you might only get one or two of those opportunities ever in your career, yeah. and like Troy Williams is doing, you got to make the most of it. Yeah, you got to take full advantage of the opportunity that's presented you, and that means you don't hold anything back. You go after it. You, you you're not afraid to make the mistakes. Go ahead and make them. And I think Troy has found out that look, if he makes mistakes, he can make up for those mistakes by the the way that he plays on the defensive end 
and the hustle that he brings. And I think Coach Yeager truly, truly appreciates that and rewards him with the minutes that he's been getting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we'll point out too. Dave Yeager hasn't been afraid to do it, to put right. Troy Williams out there. I mean, one game he played 33 minutes yes, on the road. Yes, he did. Uh, I was just like, uh, I, you're blown away, but you're not because, listen, you, you can be a name brand guy from a name brand school, or you can be Chris Middleton, who we never heard of, and now all of a sudden is posed to get a five-year, $157 million contract because guess what? He produces on the floor. Troy Williams produces on the floor. You put his butt on the floor. Yeah, I hear you. And you, you bring up uh, Chris Middleton. How good would he look in this oh, offense? I, man, I, oh. I, I, if, if, if that's a steal that you can make, I mean, that's a big, hefty contract. I totally get it. But this kid produces. He's 6'8". He's, he's a, a pretty elite defender, but a playmaker. Shoots the ball from all three zones, meaning three-point mid-range, and he can attack the basket. A high IQ play. Just a quality basketball player. I yep. mean, wow. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this uh, this summer is going to be really interesting. Doug, we've talked about this before, but do you think it's possible that the Kings are playing their themselves, their style of play, that they're working themselves into maybe being mm -hmm. able to get a big name free agent Absol that, absolutely. that looks at this? Well, there's there's a lot there's a couple different pieces to this, Ham, and this is for for people who haven't been to Sacramento, and that's most of the national media. They just respond off of what they see and what they hear. When you come to Sacramento right now, the Golden One Center is a crown jewel. It is incredible. The ripple effect is awesome. The teams are coming. They're staying at the Kempton, and it, it's just it's it's beautiful. So that's one selling point. Then you pair it with the fact that uh, you practice facility and all the different things that are going along in Sacramento. Now you bring that to the fact that the style of play is conducive for guys to be able to step on the court and show all of their wares. And when you look across scoring, points in the paint, fast break points, pace of play, all those different things, Kings are ranked right up there. And that's a stylistic approach that agents will tell their players yeah. that's the type of play that will help you get your money. It's just it's a bonus for the Kings, but no doubt. I would agree with you wholeheartedly, Ham. You know, I, I'm going to bring up something we talked about that I talked about with Dwayne Tickner uh, on the front half of the podcast, and he had a really interesting uh, point about what the Kings were faced with last season, uh, you know, slower pace of play, and, and maybe why it is that we're seeing what they're doing now. He said, look, last year – we could have run, but we really didn't have the bodies all around to do it. But also, our players weren't ready to run. We had to teach them really how to play basketball. And now that we're turning up the style of play, uh, it, it's working. But first, we had to install a uh, the ability to run, the ability to play in space, the ability to see this and that on the court um, before we could actually do it. We had to learn how to crawl before we could learn how to walk. Yeah, there's. I definitely agree with Tick in, in in what he's saying. There is also the the ability to just throw them into the fire, and then you have to deal with all of the the faults and turnovers and different, which can be truly frustrating for yeah. a coach. Because I, I will, um, Coach Yeager and his coaching staff, obviously, to play at this pace 
and not to be leading the league in turnovers or something like that is highly impressive. These guys are normally on nights they've been taking care of the basketball from time to time. They'll turn it over a little bit. But I, I agree, you, you especially with young players. And why, why I say young players, what I'm saying is you're getting guys at 18 and 19 years old, and they're pretty much coming from high school, a little quick stop in college, and now they're right here on this stage. And a lot of times they're playing with grown men, veterans, and different things, and it can be difficult, no doubt. All right, so we're going to finish up here. We're watching, uh, I don't know what we're calling this, Rec League. Uh, weekend Warriors. Weekend Warriors, all right. LeBron James is On a weekday. Um, almost travel. Nice dish, nice dish. All right, LeBron James is a nice little assist. Um, Doug, thanks for joining me. Um, I, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider Podcast. I'm excited, man. Go Kings. We'll be back next week. Uh, so for Doug Christie, I am James Ham. Thanks for tuning into the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. We'll see you very soon. All right. You've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.